Welcome to another insightful episode of Grandma Says. And here's Grandma. So the next part of our How to Have a Happy Home series, still talking about foundations. This is in regards to our wonderful pre-K kids. Yeah, the precocious pre-Ks. Who are adorable, by the way. I totally enjoy them. So I would say let's hunker down and get ready to tackle a very big topic in small microscopic bites. So in this episode of Grandma Says, let's look at how do you establish your foundations for a pre-K child? My definition of pre-K is any child usually between the ages of three and five. And three is iffy because to me, once a child can speak, And I mean, speak clearly, as in, you know what they meant by what they just said, but they're not in school yet. That to me covers what I would call pre-K. If they're not quite speaking yet, I still consider them to be somewhat toddlers, even if they're already three by number by age, but not necessarily behaving as a three-year-old, I would still consider that child to be a toddler. We are looking at establishing those foundations and it really begins with understanding that you are the one who is in charge and therefore you need to act like it at all times when you're dealing with a child in this age range. It's fine to play around with toddlers and infants. You can goof off with them, make cuckoo noises and make funny faces and they think it's funny and they're going to play and he 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 no problems. The problem with pre-K is that this is the age where they're going to start judging you and determining what they can get over, how they're going to communicate, how they can manipulate. These are the beginning stages of personality development. As in when you see a child who is already reached the point where they're negotiating everything. If you say get in the car, suddenly it becomes, well, which car? Why? Where are we going? Do I have to? Do I have to do that now? Or they're continuing to do whatever they're doing. And so you have to repeat yourself and then they'll even throw in, oh, I didn't hear you. (laughs) I'm not saying all kids do this, but this is the age where that kind of behavior begins. So what you want to do is make sure that Because you're dealing with kids in this age range who are testing you and trying to determine how they can control you, because this is where you get into the power struggle at this age, because it's not like a pre-K is going to come out and then say to you, oh, yeah, um, I'm just going to grab the keys and and drive the car. They may not say that, but it is very possible for them to do things like grab the keys play with the keys, run around the house with the keys and keep saying something over and over like, I want to go swimming. I want to go swimming. I want to go swimming until you get tired enough to say, okay, fine, put on your suit and I'll take you swimming. Well, they just won that battle. And you didn't even know you were in a battle because you had no clue (laughs) that they were trying or testing their manipulation abilities on you. Now, how do you know if there's difference between them just communicating and trying to manipulate? It's subtle because at this stage, they are just now starting out. And talking about foundations here, the main thing is you are establishing the hierarchy of who is in charge and making sure that the children in the house understand that that's in all things. So even though they may be at school, they may be at church, they may be at someone else's house and they have to do what the adults in that setting tell them to do. But when it's all said and done, they're going to answer to you. 
if you heard the other podcast where I was talking about, well, depending on where you are, determines who's in charge. That's true for an infant and a toddler. It's also true for many adults. But during the pre-K phase, there's something slightly different in how they're processing. So they need to get it through their head at that moment that it is their parent that is in the ultimate authority, regardless of where they are, because they're not necessarily going to be afraid of or automatically obey, let's say, the Sunday school teacher who may have said, you need to sit down and be quiet during Sunday school. Well, depending on the personality of your pre-K wonderful child, this may turn into an altercation that in the whole 45-minute class is now all about this child who refuses to sit down. <laughs> Anybody who's ever read Ramona the Pest probably can relate to what I'm explaining here. If you're a parent who's a, getting ready to have a child who's in that age range, I would suggest reading the Ramona the Pest series. I know it's old, but read it anyway to refresh your memory on how children compute, how they think at that stage in life, because it's a unique stage that only happens once. You want to make sure they understand who the authority figure is in their world, the final say-so. So even if you get in trouble at somebody's pre-K program or you're at mommy and me or something, know that you're going to have to answer to mommy or whoever the authoritative figure is. The first way to make sure that you control almost every situation you can with this age group is to develop habits and routines that will make them have to answer to you. In other words, let's say it's bath time. For pre-K, you don't want to just have everything in the bathroom and say, have at it, because they will have at it. And depending on the mood they're in, they may decide that, hey, if I use half this container of bubbles, I'm going to get more bubbles than if I use the amount I was told to use. If you want to avoid situations like that, then you're going to, again, establish a level of trust that says these are the little containers for you to use at bath time. And that's all you get. Once you prove that you can use this little container of soap and that's all and you don't have soap all over the house and all over the floor and all in your hair, then I will give you a larger container of soap and continue until I can trust you with the whole bottle. That's how you kind of establish the hierarchy with pre-Ks. You start off with, this is the amount of food you're getting at dinner time. I know it's your favorite food. If you show that you can eat all of it without making yourself sick and without doing anything stupid, and you're going to eat all of the food on the plate, not just the part you like, then you can have seconds. Now, seconds won't be as much as what you got the first time, but that's still better than nothing. And it's not that you're negotiating, you are setting boundaries. You are establishing the foundation that says, I understand that you are now old enough to reach the markers, crayons, and pens, but you are still going to ask before taking out the markers, crayons, and pens. As they show that they are able to handle the markers and crayons and pens, then you can put them where they can reach without asking. But if it becomes a conflict of interest where every time it's time to go somewhere, and they decide at that moment, instead of getting dressed to leave, I'm going to take out the markers and crayons and pens. Now we go back to square one and I take them from you, put them away so that when I say it's time to go, you know to go get your shoes and get dressed. 
So that's the kind of back and forth you're going to have with pre-Kers. And what you don't want to do is make everything obvious and over the top. Like the example I just gave, you wouldn't stand there for 15 minutes going, and because you didn't put on your jacket and it made me late and we didn't get to go to the party and blah, 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 blah. I'm taking your markers and pit. That's, that's not how you do that. Going back to my rule of thumb of reward what you want more of and ignore what you want less of, what you would do is remove the markers and crayons when they're not looking and just put them up somewhere where they can't find it. And then when they come to you and say, hey, my markers are missing. I was going to draw a pony for you, mom. But, you know, I had everything ready because these are things that pre-Ks will try because they know where they are. (laughs) They know that you took it. So they're not going to go, hey, my markers are gone, unless you have a Veruca salt for a child, which you may have not knocking it. <laughs> it does happen. <laughs> but most of the time, they will eventually know they have to come to you to get them back. That's the time that you can talk to them about time management, for instance, that when it's time to do something, isn't it more convenient when things are where they're supposed to be? Yeah, mom, I guess so. So when it's time to go, what should you have when it's time to go? Oh, I don't know, my shoes, my jacket. Yeah. And when you want to draw a picture, you probably need these items over here, your markers, crayons, and pens. Yeah. (laughs) So that's the time to turn it into a learning experience. And then after they have proven that next time you say get dressed, then guess what? They can have their markers and crayons and pens back when they figure out they're supposed to get dressed. This is how you can establish who is in control without the screaming match. There's no point in screaming and yelling at them. They're not going to understand you anyway, because all they know is, hey, I was doing something and you interrupted me. So I don't know what you're talking about. But what's important right now is that I get to go back and do what I was doing, because that's what matters. That's where kids' mindsets are when they're in pre-K. It does not, you can sit here all day and explain in detail why it's important to listen, why you should do what I'm telling you. You're going to have better results when you wait till they come to you because now you have their undivided attention because you have something they want. And then you can calmly explain while you're not mad either. Why did their pins disappear? I mean, my goodness, did we have a goblin that snuck in the house and stole your pins? No, mommy put them up because when she asked you to get dressed the other day, what did you do? I don't remember. Well, then you tell me, where were we going? I don't know (laughs) until they get on the same page because they're going to get tired of that conversation and eventually, okay, fine. Yeah, I remember we're supposed to be going to the store and I went and got my pen. Yeah. And let them tell you what they did. That's one way to help to reinforce the narrative without eroding trust because they understand you didn't take them because you didn't have your own markers and pens. You took them because they didn't follow in directions and therefore they lost a privilege. Now they have to earn that privilege back. So these are some coping skills and ways that you can help modify their behavior until they reach a point where they don't have to feel like they have to manipulate you. They don't have to make up lies to get you to do something. And they understand, hey, my parent respects me. I can respect them. My parent trusts me. I can trust them. I don't have to make up a story about what happened to the scissors. I can just tell them I was playing and the scissors fell in the vent and I can't get them out. And then they'll help me get them out or they'll buy new scissors or whatever. But a lot of that is based on how you choose to react to whatever it is that they're doing or not doing. Because they know if they can get you worked up to where you're always screaming and yelling and throwing tantrums every time you say, go make your bed and they're still sitting there, 
And you're like, no, really, go make your bed. And they're still sitting there. And after all, I can get the belt, get my shoes, get my, then they know they've won. You, even if they get the spanking or they get in trouble or they get whatever is coming to them, they won that battle because they made you come down from your level of authority to behave like the toddler in the room. And that's what they do. They push your buttons to see what they can push, how they can push. And then this becomes their set behavior for the rest of their childhood, which is why I'm stressing when it comes to pre-K, you have to be careful of your own temper and you have to guide your pre-Ks, not respond to them emotionally because they can get under your skin. Believe me, they know how. They will practice. <laughs> they will find every, and they will do it in the sweetest ways. That's that age group that will try to help mommy by washing their own clothes. So they decide to put dish soap inside the washing machine, even though they've never seen you do that before. Because <laughs> they know you can only get so mad. I mean, what are you going to do? Yell at them for washing their clothes? Oh my goodness, what kind of parent are you? You're supposed to reward them, right? The point is pre-Ks are smarter than they appear, but because they're so cute and innocent and they know they're cute and innocent, they will do things on purpose to try to pull the authority away from you and over to them. If you allow them to win that battle, now they're the ones in charge and then that's how your life is forever. As in every time you say, Angela, get off the phone. Yeah, whatever. No, no, really. Get off the phone. I need to use a phone or I need you to put that up. Uh-huh. <laughs> that starts at pre-K, believe it or not. With the first time you tell them it's time to eat, put up your toys. And they act like they didn't hear you. And then you have to go in there and say, okay, sweetie, let's put your toys up together. No, at that age, if they already know how to put up the toys, the authority says, I told you to do something. You will do what I just said. No, I'm not going to stop what I'm doing to come do something you know very well how to do. Put up the blankety blank toys now. <laughs> That's how that works. If you don't establish that and make sure they know that you know what they're up to. Yeah, you lose that battle if you don't establish it at a very early age. So when they're old enough to speak, then that's when you need to change your tone. So it's no longer a matter of trying to find nice ways to say, come on, sweetie. No, if I say clean that up, pick that up, put those on, let's go. It should be immediate, not a let me think about it or what have you. Now, we'll get into how to communicate with your pre-Kers because this, this isn't a tug of war that has to end in bloodshed. <laughs> Pre-Kers are actually a lot of fun and they are easy to work with. It's a matter of once you've established the authority, how do you get them to then follow through without it turning into a tug of war? And we'll cover that in another podcast. As for this topic, however, although there's more to cover for this particular episode, that's all I have to say about it. <laughs> so I will see you in the next podcast.